The following program is sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content. Josh Jelinski is the president of Wealth Quarterback, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm located in New Jersey. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm or its representatives by securities regulators, nor is it an indication that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Investment advisory services may only be provided to clients in jurisdictions in which the firm and its representatives are appropriately registered or exempt from registration. You should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this broadcast serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product, or any non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this broadcast will be profitable. Equal any corresponding indicated historical performance level or levels be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation or prove successful. Past performance is not indicative of future result. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback LLC. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Good morning, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, coming to you live, taking your calls on All Matters Financial at 800-321-0710. If you have questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, whatever question you have, no question is a dumb one except the one that you do not ask. So we are here live. You get to ask me any and every financial question you got. We're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about. This is live, uncensored, unscripted, shockingly raw. We're going to talk about a lot of things. On this hour of the Financial Quarterback, we're going to talk about baby boomers are hitting peak 65. What does it mean for retirement planning? And your spouse likely keeps five dirty little money secrets from you. And it's not 1970s, but stagflation is back in the picture. And anomalies and exceptions. There are very complicated IRA rules. And you could spiral further into an abyss of confusion We're going to bring you some clarity on the new IRA rules where up is down and left is right. Green means stop. Red means go. Throw your hands up in exasperation. And those in charge recognize the lunacy. So this is from Young Kim versus the commissioner. U.S. Court of Appeals, Seventh Circuit. So basically, what are we talking about? The IRA rules have gotten worse. If you have an IRA retirement plan, you're a partner with Uncle Sam. And what does that mean? Well, many parts of the tax code are compromises. And all parts reflect the need for lines that can't be deduced from first principles. And the lines seem arbitrary. So why can't Roth IRA dollars be rolled, for example, into a company plan? Why do these anomalies exist? I have no idea. As Young Kim versus the commissioner states, this makes no sense. So irahelp.com has an excellent uh, research report called Anomalies and Exceptions. And the whole point here is you can't go it alone when planning with your IRA. You need a guide. You need the financial quarterback. That's why you listen every week. And we're going to talk about excess contributions, Roth conversions, and Roth after-tax dollars. 
in the kind of under the heading of anomalies and exceptions. And then we're going to talk about all the funny things like dirty little secrets you keep from your spouse financially. I don't keep any little secrets from my spouse. For the past two years, economists have been worrying about the high inflation rates. But far less attention has been given to inflation's sibling, stagflation. We'll talk about that in a moment. But folks, I really want to hear from you. Give me a call now, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. We're taking your questions on all matters financial. We're also on YouTube, uh, live on YouTube, so hit the subscribe button. Google YouTube Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, and subscribe for weekly updates. Now, there's something within IRAs called excess contributions. This is kind of funny. Earnings can stay after the deadline. To contribute to any IRA, a person or their spouse must have earned income, compensation. But too much income precludes one from contributing to a Roth IRA. Often, confusion about the rules or just plain negligence leads to an ineligible deposit, i.e. an excess contribution. But no worries, there are corrective steps in place to alleviate the problem. An excess contribution can be fixed with no penalty by October 15th, generally of the year, after the year for which the contribution was made. If the fix is made prior to this deadline, the excess and any earnings, technically net income, attributable, or what's called NIA, can be withdrawn penalty-free. The earnings will be taxable, but no special forms need to be filled. Here's the anomaly and a strange twist. If the excess contribution is, is corrected after October 15th, the net income attributable doesn't need to be withdrawn. There's a 6% penalty, though, on the excess, and that excess must be removed from the account, but any earnings can remain. This is true even if the IRA owner was totally ineligible to open the account in the first place. So with IRAs, Roths included, you don't want to have a what's called an excess contribution. Now, then there's another anomaly when it comes to Roth conversions. Inherited IRAs, versus inherited 401ks. When a traditional IRA owner dies and the IRA is passed to a beneficiary, that beneficiary must maintain the account as an inherited IRA. The inherited account cannot then be converted to an inherited Roth IRA. Inherited IRA owner could take withdrawals from the inherited account and use that money to make annual contributions to their Roth, but no direct conversions are allowed. While inherited traditional IRAs cannot be converted to an inherited Roth IRA, employer plan-designated beneficiaries can convert inherited 401ks, like a traditional 401k, to an inherited Roth IRA. Go figure. If you didn't know that. You can do that. So if you inherited a 401k, it's kind of a little trick. Roth and after-tax dollars. No rollover from an IRA to a plan. Speaking of Roth IRA and plan assets, Roth and after-tax non-Roth money cannot be rolled in from an IRA to a work plan. Once those dollars hit an IRA... That is the end of the road. Only pre-tax money like 401k or IRA can be moved from IRA to work plan. Sometimes this is referred to as a reverse rollover. This is an exception to the pro rata rule 
and can be leveraged in cases where IRA owners are trying to separate their pre-tax IRA dollars from basis. We're talking about all these crazy IRA rules. For the past two years, economists have been worried about inflation. We're going to talk about that. Now, speaking of Roth IRAs and plans, Roth and after-tax non-Roth money cannot be rolled from an IRA to a work plan, i.e. a 401k. Once those dollars hit an IRA, that is the end of the road. Only pre-tax monies can be moved from an IRA to a work plan. This is an exception to the pro rata rule and can be leveraged in cases where IRA owners are trying to separate their pre-tax IRA dollars from basis in order to complete a clean tax reconversion. Basically, if you're looking at all these IRA rules, you need help. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, and you get my free book, When You Schedule and Keep Your No-Obligation Review. So give us a call now, 800 321 0710 also gets you on with me to ask a question. And we have operators standing by live to schedule your no obligation review. Now, there's about a half a million barrels per day more than the prior annual record set in 2019. It's also more oil than any other country on the planet produces. The next closest nation. Saudi Arabia produces about 10 million barrels per day, according to OPEC. Output cuts have reduced that recently to 9 million. According to CNN, stagflation is the combination of high inflation and a slowing economy. Historically, low rates of unemployment compensate for some of the pain high levels of inflation bring. That's because businesses generally can only raise prices when people are earning enough to afford it. In contrast, when unemployment is high and people are cutting corners, businesses will have a tough time passing on higher prices to their customers, which keep inflation low. It's every central banker's worst nightmare when inflation Inflation isn't accompanied by economic growth. High inflation, that is. Because there's very little you can do to improve the situation. Hiking interest rates to get inflation under control when unemployment is rising could push unemployment even higher. Cutting interest rates to stimulate the economy produces more inflation. So what do you say? Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH. Now, the 1970s and 80s saw prolonged bouts of stagflation. Now it's raising its ugly head again in several economies, including our own. A look back in history, and we saw this this week. Inflation didn't go down as much as people expected. In in fact, it ticked up a little bit. It's persistent. A return to stagflation. Is your portfolio going to be okay if we have stagflation? Well, call us. At 888-988-JOSH, and we'll go over options to combat inflation and score your top five holdings from a standpoint of risk, fees, and taxation. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH. Go ahead, Gail. You're on. At what age do I have to start taking the minimum required distribution from the Roth IRA? Uh, Depends on your age, but at the earliest, 73. Okay. Because I'm 71. I know the age had been raised. Yes. I'm 71 and a half, so I can wait until I'm actually 73 years old before I'm actually required to start taking it. Correct. Okay. And then, I mean, I'll, uh, when's my RMD? I think you're, you're at 73. What year were you born? 51. Yes, 73 for those born from 51 through 59. And 75 for those born 1960 or later. 
This from the National Society of Tax Professionals. But yeah, there's a lot of new rules with IRAs, IRA planning. And that's why you don't want to go it alone. Call us at 800-321-0710. And you'll get my free book when you schedule and keep your no obligation review. But it can be confusing, right? All these strange IRA rules. And they keep changing. Yes. Do you have an office in New York City? We we do. Uh, we have office uh, places to meet in in uh, New York, Long Island, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut. Call us at eight 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 nine eight eight Joshua. We'll get somebody to meet with you, okay? Or you can Thank do you Zoom. Thank you so much. We're in person. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Next up, we have Stephen. Go ahead. You're on with Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Hey, Josh. Good morning. It's Coach D, Stephen. Hey, there he is. Uh, okay, so anyway, here's my question. My question is something that I've always felt with regard to DRIP program, with the DRIP program. My feeling's always been that I'm happy if the stock price goes down just before the stock goes ex-dividend, so I'll get more stock when we when you know when the dividends are issued is there a flaw in that reasoning uh, it doesn't really matter i think they've done studies on it and that they've done studies like do you sell before x dividend do you sell after um i think they've found that it it's almost irrelevant i i don't exactly recall where i saw that i think i did a, did a segment on it in a show where they basically analyzed people who bought the stock, ex-dividend, people who didn't, and they found that, let's say the drop in price compensates uh, for the dividend and then vice versa. From when I studied it, it was kind of irrelevant. So I should obsess over something else instead of that. Okay, no problem. Yeah, Uh, because they've done like, okay, so if you look at, I don't know, some, I'll have to pull some, start uh there, there's a fund that i know always has their dividend in december and it kind of works the same way right so mm-hmm. okay. uh we'll call this the acme fund and they produce a dividend every like december 8th or 9th right and mm-hmm. it drops and then it goes back up. But if, if you smooth it out over like 10 years, it doesn't matter. Even if you look over, I'm looking over um, like a decade, it really doesn't matter. I think it might matter, you know, week by week as you're tracking it. But it really, it, it doesn't influence the pricing. I, I think that's, you know, why it why it drops is you know, people are kind of thinking they can exploit it. There's been also funds that have been created to exploit that. And I think that they're not even around anymore. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's a, I don't think it's a strategy to obsess over for sure. Okay. All uh, right. And can I ask you an unrelated question about, sure. uh, about IRAs? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, some, somebody who has, can do an either an IRA or a Roth, at work assuming there's no match based on you know paying the taxes now and being done with it and rothing it would you advise in general not investing in an ira and just yeah i mean you know a traditional ira as opposed to a roth it's like okay pay the taxes and now oh, you never yeah. have I mean, to worry if, about if it you're again. younger if you have lower income yeah, you're in a lower income tax bracket. No, no, I know. I'm, I said if. If you're in a lower income bracket, if someone who's listening is younger, uh, you could, and there's no match, you could make a case that putting money in the IRA may not be a wise move. You may want to do number one, a Roth. Max out the Roth. I just met with a uh, 35-year-old yesterday. Good income. Didn't have a house yet was banking like 40 grand a year. And uh, basically we said, hey, max out the Roth and max out your non-qualified brokerage. But everyone's slightly different. 
this is assuming there is no match at work. So you want to look at three things. Number one, establishing a high-yield savings account for your emergency fund of six months. Number two, maxing out your Roth IRA. Number three, maxing out your non-qualified brokerage, which you could put 100 grand a year in a non-qualified brokerage. And yeah, I mean, there's a case to be made like don't defer taxes if you're, you know, in a certain bracket or less, for sure. And if you or any of our listeners are in that boat, call us 888-988-JOSH. We'll help you. Thank you, Stephen. Great, okay. great call, as always. We were in Staten Island last night. Thank you. I hope you had fun. Next up, we have Fred. Uh, when should my son get an IRA? Hey, Josh. How you doing? Great. Thanks for the call. Go Josh, ahead. Josh, before I say anything else, can I say that uh, I listen to you all the time, and you're a fine human being. Oh, Believe thank me. you. And what Stephen Now, my was... question is this, Josh. Okay. When my son inherits my Roth, number one, how much time does he have to take it out? And number two, does he pay taxes? Repeat that question one more time. When my son inherits my Roth, he pays does zero he pay taxes. taxes. No, doesn't pay taxes. And how much time does he have to take it out? Now, he could pay estate taxes if you're worth over a certain amount. He has to spend it over 10 years. But no federal taxes. Great. No federal or state income tax would have estate taxes if you're above the state tax threshold. But if you're not, right. there's nothing to worry about. So Roth can be a great vehicle to transfer to minors. And what Steve was talking about is... uh we had uh, some of our listeners at the Savannah Bananas last night having a blast in Staten Island. Uh-huh. So the yes. perks of being a client, uh, you know, we, we do some client appreciation things. So if you want uh, to become a client, call us at 888-988-JOSH. We'd love to meet with you. Any other questions, you, Fred? No, that's it, Josh. Great show and wonderful person. Believe me, you are. Thank you, Fred. Uh, next up, we got Gordon on the future price of oil, which I talked a little about oil, you know, in the other segment, basically like, hey, got all these headwinds of inflation. Oil's just another one. Next up, we have Gordon. Go ahead. Uh, yes, Josh. As a uh, perhaps a follow-up to your classic call on the price, where the price of gold was going, uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts about the price of how the price of oil will go in the foreseeable future. Um, I I don't know. I probably will go up. You know, it's uh, it's quite amazing that oil was as low as I don't know, negative bucks and twenty two bucks a barrel. Back in 2020, and now it's $80 a barrel. Also, uh, you you would have thought maybe the kind of the uh, green energy push would have pushed oil prices down. In fact, it seems like it's gone up. Um, I don't know. I mean, what, what I'm worried about more than oil is this bent to electronic vehicles. And the mm-hmm. pressure it's going to have on the grid. So, I mean, are we going to head for rolling blackouts like California? That's really what I'm worried about. Because I don't think mm-hmm. the, the grid can handle all of these electric cars. And then there's been talk about, okay, having like supercharging stations be as plentiful as gas stations. And that's great, but our grid can't handle it. You know, I guess if we were all nuclear, we could, but we really can't handle it. So I think people may regret this kind of electric vehicle push. Um, price of oil, I mean, you know, it's probably going to go back up. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see it. I kind of think it'll be like stagflation. It'll be persistently higher than maybe and for longer than we can imagine, but there could be a decline. 
I'm not really able to speculate on the price of gas that much. There's another question, and then we'll go back to you, Gordon. It says, uh, correction you may wish to make regarding spending inherited Roth. You just said the man's son has to spend the Roth within 10 years. He doesn't have to spend it, just withdraw it. Spend is like you get from a, ch a check from an institution to a third party. It was ambiguous. I don't know. I mean, you have to spend it down. Now, whether you choose to invest it into something or to blow it, you have to empty the Roth. Maybe that's a better word. But I always appreciate points of clarification because these matters can be confusing. Uh, any other questions, Gordon? Well, just sort of a follow-up. Uh, how should one invest in order to take advantage? If you perceive there'll be a rise in the price of oil, what's the best way to invest to make some money out of this rise in oil? I think there might be a greater rise in natural gas. I think that's an easier prediction. I mean, you could buy energy ETFs. You could buy oil and gas ETFs. You could buy ETFs that speculate on oil, although there's risks involved. Um, if those stocks or oil goes down, some of them are based on various contracts. I mean, what, what's great about living today, by the way, is there's literally an exchange-traded fund, an ETF, for anything. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I think the oil trade was... A year or two ago, I, I don't think it really is now. Uh, what's his name has said? We got to get um, David Ranson back on. I think he says it'll be longer for higher. So that's kind of, you know, but I don't, I really don't know. I'm, 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 I'm trying to, you know, rack my brain for an answer. But yeah, you could buy an ETF for oil, gas, natural gas. You could buy an ETF for robotics. Mm. You could buy an ETF for uh, that buys only like big name gas companies. I mean, part of me could say, "Oh, it'll plummet because everybody will have an electronic vehicle, electric vehicle." I actually recommend everybody keep a gas vehicle. Just you know, if you have a 2011 or. 2015 gas vehicle and let's say you buy a new one and buy a new ev in 2023 or 2024 i wouldn't sell your gas or trade it in i would keep it it may be a mm -hmm. commodity because the government down the road might say okay uh electronic vehicles have to stay off the road between this hour and this hour and they have the power to lock it down i mean it's kind of scary but i have a tesla so they, they can do weird things from central command so thank you for the call, Gordon. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with your questions at 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. And we're going to be on Twitter Spaces at your financial QB. Give us a call now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. This is Josh Chilinski, the financial quarterback. Don't touch that dial. Maybe it seems like prices can't get much higher, or that the stock market is headed for bear territory, or maybe you're worried about another great recession. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, can help you protect your family's financial future in times like these. Tune in this weekend to the financial quarterback to hear how Josh and his team can help you decrease your tax liability and lower your risk. Call 888-988-5674 to take advantage of Josh's 27-point plan to achieve financial health. And when you call, you'll receive a free copy of Josh's book, Retirement Reality Check. Tune in every weekend to The Financial Quarterback and call 888-988-5674 to receive your free copy of Retirement Reality Check. This is Josh Jelinski. The financial quarterback taking your calls on all matters financial at 800-321-0710. If you have questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, whatever question you have, no question is a dumb one except the one that you do not ask. 
So we're giving you financial planning updates, economic updates. We are live taking your calls. Okay, another question via the email. Is there any way to open a transfer upon death account to a very young grandchild without asking parents for social security numbers? No, but why wouldn't you ask them if you're transferring it to your grandkids or young child they should really be benefited by that account so a tod account is a great little secret to avoid probate and avoid attorney's fees and it's very easy to set up we could help you do that at 800 888 josh also if you call us at 888 Five six seven four. That's eight 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 nine eight eight. Josh, I'll give you my book. When you schedule and keep your no obligation review. Next up, GI Jack. Go ahead. Hey, Josh. God bless you, your family, and your staff. GI Jersey Jack, back in Hackensack. Just a fact check. I have some rapid fire questions, and as usual, you will answer brilliantly. Question one: um, If they follow through with these, um, no, nothing political. If they follow through with uh, jamming um, Trump with the re-election bid, how will that affect the economy? Two, if they impeach um, Biden, how will it affect the economy and services? If Kamala Harris gets in, how will it affect the economy and services? And $13 billion for the illegal aliens that are going to affect services, how will that affect the New York economy? Because as goes New York, goes the rest of the country, and hopefully... At some of that $13 billion will establish a city-run retirement home for American veterans in New York City. I doubt that is going to happen because there isn't one. And good news, here's some good news. Brooks Brothers is still around. They have a nice shop on Madison Avenue. And I suggest a lot of the wonderful things there are made in America and other free countries, not forced labor. I suggest we support Brooks Brothers and keep them in business. That's about it, Josh. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. Um... I, I read something that by 2000, I don't know, uh, was it 2100? By the year 2100, New York will be surpassed by Dallas-Fort Worth as the kind of major metropolitan area of the U.S. I would argue it'll happen in 2050, maybe even 2030. I think New York, as the economic capital of the world, is done. I mean, there are people moving to Florida. It's going to be, you know, the Fort Lauderdale, Miami. I don't know who the heck wants to go to New York anymore. So uh, my prediction there is I love New York, but I just think, I think, uh, you know, it's like how London was the financial capital of the world for a while. And London's still very big, very relevant. Same thing with New York. It just won't be the hub. The hub might be Miami or uh, Dallas or whatever it might be, you know, so that's my take on New York as it relates to Biden being impeached. I don't think it will happen. I don't think the Republicans have the kahunas uh, to do it, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so I don't think it will have any effect on the economy at all. Even if he was impeached, I don't think, I don't think Trump's impeachment had any impact on the overall stock market economy. Uh, Kamala Harris or Biden getting reelected, I think one of the reasons why we might have this stagflation is if we have four more years of Democratic rule, not to be political, but I just think kind of kind of like, uh, you know, it's almost like the Jimmy Carter era Democratic ruin. take two. Uh, as it relates to, you know, Republicans, it depends. I mean, I, I, we had Republican in 2016. Nothing was done about the debt. Taxes were not really lowered. But the idea that uh, President Trump was good for the stocks uh, buoyed stocks. So I think if Trump wins, probably the stock market will rally because of that. Uh, but But no guarantees. I mean, who do you think, I mean, who would have thought that, the stock market would be where it is. I remember people were predicting a Biden victory would crash stocks. And although stocks were crashed last year, they've rebounded 
So I don't necessarily think stocks, you know, there, there might be an initial sell-off or a rise due to a particular party, but um, I think the stock market bleeds green, not red or blue. And if you just look at recent memory, um, Obama was generally good for stocks, so was Trump. Um, you know, so it doesn't really, you know, Biden, it's been kind of sluggish, but Bush was, uh, George W. Bush, kind of sluggish towards the end of his term. From 2003 to 2007, it was good, but from 2000 to 2002, the market was bad. I don't generally, uh, if you follow cycles, there's generally a seven to eight year market cycle. Markets tend to live or die by that. They don't seem to be that impacted by who's in the White House, but that's just kind of my my take. Um, obviously, stuff matters. Tax policy matters. General confidence matters, but, um, you know, that could be... You could bring anecdotes proving one or the other. So I hope that helps you, Jack. Uh, thank you for the call, folks. Give us a call, 800 321 0710 800 321 0710. If you have questions about stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, whatever questions you have, no question is a dumb one, except the one that you do not ask. So, TOD accounts are a great way to leave money to the next generation. But unfortunately, the questioner who said social security numbers, I think you have to put social security number on a TOD account. So we're live on Twitter Spaces, Clubhouse, iHeart Radio, also podcasts. We are going to be doing some new things with the podcast um, got some fantastic production things available. So, folks, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, uh, just search for Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. This show is available as a podcast. To listen, search for the financial quarterback in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean. That's the financial quarterback. Listen, follow, and write a review. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to go to Jack, who has a question on social security theory. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Final question. we got to get to other callers. Good morning. Um, I'm actually, it's more of a comment. Oh, it's a different Jack. Um, uh, oh, it's not GI Jack. It's Jack. Okay, go no, ahead, Jack. no, 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 no. I know who that guy is. Uh, two weeks ago, you had Professor Kutlikoff on, and he was uh, criticizing the Social Security Administration for clawing back money that was uh, sent either erroneously or illegally to people. And I, I think that's a good thing that they're on top of that. I don't understand how you could criticize uh, the government for taking back two checks from an older woman who was getting them for a long period of time. I don't understand how you could believe that you could be getting two separate social security checks under different names. I don't think that was the issue. I think the issue was they got the wrong number. So if you're an old widow and you're used to getting 1500 a month and then they say, okay, well, uh, we, we erroneously gave you 1500, you're really entitled to 1200 because you took it a little early, you get penalized. I think it, that was the issue he was talking about. Well, I don't think it was he somebody. He, he, yeah, he I mentioned know, he specifically mentioned a anecdotes. woman that was using two different names well, well, and getting I, two different checks because she was the maiden name. And how could you believe that that's even legal in, the, in this day and age? True, uh, but I, I think we're dealing with people who are like 80. I think that the issue was it was an elderly woman who then was, oh. they were clawing back like 10 or 20 years. I mean, I get, get your point. Like, you didn't know something was off for 10 years as you were getting two checks. Seems kind of fraudulent. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't agree with everything he says. He's a good guest. You know, it's not, you know, he he comes on when we ask him. He he brings commentary. You know, a lot of these says I, I you know, I I I sometimes disagree with. But yeah, I I probably disagree with him. If somebody got a check, two separate checks to two different names, they probably should have self-reported, right? That's kind of your point. Um, Absolutely. It's, 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 it's common sense. I thought it was a little bit more like nuanced than that. That's all. You know, I've seen, I remember one woman came to meet us in Hackensack, which you're, you're near Hackensack, want to meet with us, call us 8 day, 9 day, Josh. And we found some error like that and they clawed her back and they, they, she owed like a hundred grand back. I mean, it wasn't like you're saying where it was an obvious, like dumb thing the government was doing. It was something like they were paying her as if, you know, she was a widow taking her husband's and they didn't like factor in that she took it early or there was a penalty. You know what I mean? It wasn't like what you're referring to when I've seen errors. That's all. I've never seen an error. I mean, I've, I meet with, thousands of people over the years and I've not seen any of that. Okay. Uh, so give us a call. Uh, eight, 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 nine, eight, eight, Josh. Uh, we'd love to help you. If you have a social security issue on your own, taking your calls, all matters, financial at 800, three, two, one, zero, seven, 10, 800, three, two, one, zero, seven, 10, if you have questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, whatever question you have, no question is a dumb one except the one that you do not ask. So we're taking your calls on all matters financial. We'd love to hear from you always. I love when callers call us. It is the greatest show when we talk live with you in your living room or as you're pulled over while driving, make sure you pull over and call us. You know, who, who wants to battle traffic when you can listen to the financial quarterback? So calls now 800-321-0710. This is one of the only shows where a host goes live to answer financial questions. Most people will listen to a radio host and you don't know the, the host has it scripted, has it edited to sound smart. So give us a call now, 888-988-JOSH. Next up, Michael, the state of gold stocks. Hello. Yes. Hi, Josh. How are you? Great, thanks. Good to say hello to you. Nice. So what's going on, Michael? Yes, I'd like to just ask you, uh, I check the market here and there, and every time I check the market, the gold stocks are either a little bit down or stabilized, or they, they, don't, nothing, they don't move at all. Yeah, you got gold miners or, or uh, like junior miners? What do you mean? Uh, just in general. Uh, I don't know. Can I give you a, a stock in general, a, a gold stock yeah, in general? I mean, I'll, I'll look at the... Yeah, I mean, gold miners have been sluggish. I mean, I can just look at a general ETF. And we're not recommending you buy or sell it. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, you could. Mean, I'm looking at GDX right now. It's been relatively flat since April 13 of 2020. It was 29 bucks. Now it's about 29 bucks. Now it had periods of uh, going up to as high as 40, as low as 20. But you got to realize. Investing in the miners is not the same as investing in the actual gold. So that would be my okay. first kind of critique of what you're saying. Uh, has, uh -huh. the, has the gold miner you're referencing been relatively flat? What, uh, what, what symbol is it? Well, uh, the symbol is a G-O-L-D. Okay. Yeah, I got to, uh, I'll have to look that up. Probably flat for a couple of years, right? Barrick Gold. Oh yeah, Barrick. Okay, I know Barrick. We're not we're not recommending any stocks. Or no, I know that. I, I understand that. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's almost been the same way as this mining.
company. I mean, you could look at that and say, hey, there might be a good deal there. Um, uh -huh. But, you know, the problem is a lot of these people on newsletters push, you know, gold miners. And I've noticed they tend to go up or down based on the recommendations yeah. in various newsletters that sound salacious and get you to pay money. And then you pay money and you don't really make anything. That's what I found. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I much more rather like if someone wants gold in their portfolio, have five or ten percent as a hedge, buy the actual gold or the gold ETF, things like that. Um, I, I find the gold miners. I mean, now you could say there's um, value there because if we have stagflation, gold miners might remain high or at least hold its value a little better than other stocks. Um, but I find like, I'm saying like the last 10 years, they've really done nothing except go up or down, you know, by a few, few bucks here or there. So I kind of agree with your sentiments. Yeah. Gr yeah. Is Great. there another question I could ask? Or? Sure. Go ahead. And then we have John who wants to know about his teenager uh, teenage financial tips. So go ahead, Michael. Yes. Yes. Also, um, there's, um, the, uh, tech stocks. There's some new ones on the, well, not new for me, they're new, but I just looked into some tech stocks and I find that, uh, seem to be doing okay. You know, there's, there's some growth. Uh, can I give you one that I, yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to make this show a stock show, um, you know, because then things are referencing time. Although, you know, you can reference category. You know, big tech, AI. I think tech has gone up this year. Big tech, AI, majorly went down majorly last year. I think tech cannot be viewed as monolithic, right? Like. If you think of streaming services, right? Like Disney has been battered. Now, I think some of that might be the woke politics and, and the, the wars against Ron DeSantis kind of bud and Disney are proving that if you're getting involved in politics as a company, generally not a good idea to tick off half your customers. The other thing, um, but broader speaking, is like Netflix dominating streaming all the other companies not dominating and if i were netflix by the way i would i would make deals with sporting events kind of like what amazon's doing and kind of do an end around over the networks get a deal with the nfl sort of like what amazon has and i so i don't think like streaming services for example are good investment anymore but but you know, Netflix is a stock different than Disney is a stock with Disney Plus. Disney stock, not only did they tick off their customers, now they're raising the rates 30%. And so I, I, I like probably kept my Disney Plus thing and I, now I'm going to cancel it. It's like I, 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 I had it for like a few shows my kids wanted to see. It's like, I'm like, oh, they reminded me that they were raising rates to cancel my subscription. And just re-up it whenever I want to see the newest Star Wars streaming thing and then cancel it again. But uh, that's what happens. Someone will get you to, some show will get you to subscribe and then you forget. But, you know, to me, I don't even watch much TV anymore. Watch like the MLB uh, and, you know, maybe NCAA when there's NCAA tourneys. So give us a call. 888 josh John, you seem like a stock uh, Jack, or uh, Michael, you seem like a stock guy. If you want us to score your top five holdings from a standpoint of risk, fees, and taxation, uh, call us 888-988-JOSH. Next up, we have John. Who's a question for his teenager? Go ahead. So my question is, I've got three teenage kids. They've each accumulated their own savings. They, I don't know. They, they each have about three or $4,000 of their own money. And they want me to open up their own kind of um, stock.
stock trading account that they can, you know, maybe uh, experiment investing like $1,000 of their own money. And I'm not sure which kind of online trading account would be suitable for something like that. Yeah, you could do it. You mean like a transferable on death account or the type of app or the type of account? Yeah. Number one, well, they... I guess, well, I guess, I guess the type of app, like what's a good, can, can you recommend a good, I'm assuming like, like I don't even have my own trading account. I, just well, we have, I mean, we can help, IRA, right? I mean, we can help them. We can set up fidelity accounts, Schwab accounts or interactive brokers accounts. If you call us at eight, 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 nine, eight, eight, Josh, we're fee-based fiduciaries. Um, so it'd be a good program. Uh, we love helping young people and, uh, that's and and we like kind of helping them and you on your journey. Number one, number two, you could set up a Roth if they have wages. If they don't have wages, you set up a transfer bond death account. You may not want to put it in their name uh, if they're going to go for college because that might hurt them for financial aid. Um, but it depends if you have so much money where you're not going to get financial aid anyway, then it doesn't really matter. But you you want to be careful with whatever account you set up that way it doesn't preclude them from getting financial aid. So you want to set up an online account for them. You want to do TOD or Roth, uh, or an account that enables them to get financial aid. If you want to help, give us a call 888-988-JOSH. Give me a call right now, folks. 888-988-JOSH and get the free book retirement reality check. When you schedule your own retirement reality check, 888 The preceding program was sponsored by the Jelensky Advisory Group. Any awards, rankings, or recognition by unaffiliated third parties or publications, including five-star wealth manager, advisory of the year finalist by senior market advisor, and top of the million-dollar roundtable are in no way indicative of the advisor's future performance or any individual client's investment success. No award, ranking, or recognition should be construed as a current or past endorsement of Josh Jelinski or Wealth Quarterback, LLC. Information regarding specific awards, rankings, or recognitions is available on the Wealth Quarterback website at jelinski.org. All investments Strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Investment strategies such as asset allocation, diversification, or rebalancing do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. There are no guarantees that a portfolio employing these or any other strategy will outperform a portfolio that does not engage in such strategies. This broadcast should not be construed by any client or prospective client as a solicitation to affect or attempt to affect transactions and securities or the rendering of personalized investment advice. Due to various factors, including including changing market conditions, the information discussed in this broadcast may no longer be reflective of current positions or recommendations. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Josh Jelinski and Wealth Quarterback do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. The tax and estate planning information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback, LLC.